welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of the Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got a wonderful guest. Her name is Anita Graviet. I hope I pronounced that right, Anita. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Welcome very much to the Hearts Entwined podcast. It's my pleasure to have you on. So um, today we were going to talk about how to feel good enough. Um, I think this is a subject that... Um, you're very much an expert on Anita. Hello, everyone. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Um, welcome to those who, who are joining us live here and everyone who is going to listen to our conversation later. Um, very privileged to be here because I do listen to Lynn's podcast weekly, I should say. And um, they are nice uh, stimulation for my brain, for my walks, when I've got something to think about and ponder or what was shared during the podcast and what's my um, attitude towards the subject of what I have learned. So um, thank you for um, having me here today. And um, do I know anything about enoughness? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not too sure. I'm a psychologist, nutritional therapist. Um, I'm also mindfulness facilitator. And during over two decades of my work of my practice and where I mostly work with women. Um, this is either regarding the hormones. So I actually wrote an award-winning book, um, How to Get Pregnant Shortcuts to Your Fertility, which is either for people uh, trying to conceive, but also for ladies who are willing to feel better in their bodies. Because as we know, our body, our moods, our behavior, our sleep, our lifestyle, is dependent on our hormones. So this is one branch of my interest, of my expertise and my studies. And the other one is psychology. So this probably mostly refers to women as well, uh, maybe because I mostly work with women, but I've noticed my clients, my patients, always find something in their lives. And it's also my personal journey, and I think maybe yours as well, Lynn, that we don't think we're good enough. So um, it could be things like um, women, we always feel not pretty enough, not young enough, not slim enough, not good enough or adequate enough in our workplace, relationships, and we always strive for perfection. So I, this kind of bugged me so much that I decided to write a book about it and help everyone to realize that we already so enough from the time we're born and perhaps instead of taking our time energy in our lifetime to constantly look and seek for something that we would compare that we would self-judge self-shame that we actually accept what we have and enjoy it and share it with others so that's briefly what i do and how i do and What's my motivation and purpose in personal and professional life? I love that. That's that's so 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 rewarding to hear that uh, 
you know, other people are on this path to helping people feel that they're enough. Because like you say, um, and I think it obviously stems from childhood, you know, it could be a, a, um, a dysfunctional um, family environments that can create that feeling of not feeling enough or, um, you know, in school or, um, you know, past relationships that, that, that create that. But also the media, you know, holds women to a high standard, even gorgeous you know, supermodels get criticised, don't they, in the media for the way they might, you know, look. So, so true. And um, returning to what you started with, we moved to supermodels and media in a second. Um, yes, I believe as a psychologist and therapist and everything stems from the childhood. Um, but, you know, if you go to standard therapy and you take a few years to find a point and spot where it all started, so what's the trigger? And what do you do with it? Are you going to blame your parents? And then are they to blame their, their parents, which is your grandparents, and then ancestral line for the fact that you are nurturing certain conditioning? We, we can all blame someone because it's very easy. It's very easy to put that victimhood and find someone else guilty. But how is this helping us to bring the best out of ourselves and that enoughness? I believe it doesn't. So understanding ourselves and returning back to the point when we know what has caused it, it's great. But then instead of taking it back on the past and blaming others, my approach to therapy is, okay, what can I do for myself here? This is my starting point. This is my wounds. What is my choice here? And then I go on a journey from there. And this gives me empowerment that actually I have control. And I like that. I like that in my, my personal journey and the journey of my clients. So, yes, that's cool because we know what kids can be. It's nice to call each other's name. It's it, the bullying. It's just all in human psychology. It's just, we all done it. We all probably been victims of bullying and being called names. Um, very same story. Finding the point where it all started and starting personal journey and healing. And then moving further up, yes, um, we see beautifully aesthetically looking people, models, and we just think how we admire not only their looks, but also our assumption is that their self-esteem, assertiveness is very strong. And in general, it's the opposite. In general, the people who are so aesthetically perfect, as we think, they may be actually more insecure, sensitive, and wear thinner skin than we do. Um, and I think I like what I notice, but I don't have time to look much through social media and also newspapers, magazine. But I believe I noticed the trend that um, the standards, which were um, trendy maybe in the 80s, 90s, are changing now onto more healthy model. There were a few cases um, in media where models um, even died due to eating disorders or went through severe years or decades of mental illnesses. And I believe now there is um, there's a bit of shift and change and trend towards um, healthier looking. And also there is also realization of how we communicate. It's probably due to the fact that celebrities started openly talking about their challenges on the emotional level. Yeah, and I think that's a really good thing, you know, and I, I think it's a shame as well, you know, that a lot of 
uh, especially when it comes to young women, uh, teenagers and young women, they feel the need to use filters on their, their self selfies and things like that because they want to enhance. Uh, I understand, you know, that people do want to enhance their looks. I mean, I haven't got a problem with that, you know, using a bit of makeup and things like that, but to actually enhance your picture to the point where you don't look anything like that person. <laughs> I think it's quite sad to see that that's a trend at the moment. That's very, very true. And I would still come back to the point of seeking enoughness inside of you. And if you, the one aspect of it is if you spend too much time um, reading, comparing magazines and beauty, uh, fashion uh, themes, and then if you spend too much time on social media, so that's something probably for young women, young people in general, um, to find a distraction. What is it in my life that brings value? to me, that brings value to others. Because I truly believe when we find that motivation, that drive, that's something that keeps me so invested and interested in life and in myself, I won't really have the time to be posting too much on social media and also caring too much about <laughs> what it looks like. So um, I do believe investing in the foundations of the sleep and uh, nutrition, uh, what movement gives me joy? Is it a form of dance? Is it walking? Is it cycling? So starting with those foundations, then moving on to more maybe spiritual side, which is <clears throat> my faith or my personal development, digging onto that subject aspect as well. What is it that I would like to work on? Also, how do I see my future? Where do I see myself? What's my surroundings like right now? My connections with people. Because connections are very important. What connections we build, how healthy they are, how supportive they are, how strong. How much do I contribute to the growth of others and how much others support me? Another aspect I would say um, is giving. I recently finished a beautiful volunteering week in Spain. And I was asked, why would you come all the way here? Why, why would you bother? Why would you, you have to cover your journey expenses, your accommodation, your time, 15 hours a day, eight days. Why would you do that? Like people couldn't believe. And it's, it's a very selfless, selfish act, as I would say, because giving enables you to receive so much, at least in my belief. When we give, we receive so much, and especially when this giving is not calculated. When we don't calculate what's in it for me, it's just such a beautiful receiving. I absolutely 100% agree with that. And um, I think there's too much, especially at the moment, especially I suppose more so since COVID kicked in, that um, there's a lot of fear-based rhetoric in the news and um, on social media that, that, that that's keeping the masses in a permanent state of fear and stress. And I think the greatest gift, like you just said, to give to yourself is is to find a way to release all of that because all that is doing is affecting your own mental and physical health isn't it very very true and i always say we be, we live in the best of times and the worst of times because we've got so much to share and we've got access to news in any possible language 24 7 and it's so easy to communicate like even right now we're both in spain but we're in totally different parts 
And that's such a beautiful thing to have technology. But in the same time, we glued to it. And media, news, since ever, I dare to say since ever, the job is to dramatize. It's to just create a big wow and interest in whatever they share. So I always think it's worth to take a pinch of salt with everything we, we hear and then choosing, choosing what am I going to believe in, where I'm going to respond to. Because just as we talk about detox in our lifestyle, when we decide to eat healthier food for our body, we should be able or we should always choose to detoxify our emotions, our mind through making choices regarding what we choosing to believe in, what we choosing to read and how much time we offering to that. So it's it's like ignorance is a bliss, very often. <laughs> yeah, I Not agree with that. I, I do agree with that because I think, you know, setting yourself up for success includes your environment, you know, and what you consume doesn't just mean, you know, what you're eating. It means what are you watching? What are you listening to? Who are you interacting with? You know, is that actually taking you up to the next level of your personal growth and, and doing you the, 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 you know, something for your highest good? Or is it dragging you down? And if it's dragging you down, why are you watching or listening or associating with with that that activity or that person? So, so true. And we also know there's no secret any longer that brain and body are so connected that mind which is emotional health, emotional well-being, and physical body, physical well-being are so connected. Therefore, if there is something that's projecting into my mind is reflected in my physical body, let it be um, digestion, uh, bloating, um, irregular cycles, which means hormones are imbalanced, or problems with sleeping. And what's going on in the physical body will also reflect in my mental well-being, which will be anxiety, depression, panic attacks. So we're so linked and connected and very often such a little thing as keeping yourself so busy with the things you love that you don't have the time to get absorbed by everything that's coming from the outside world. Yeah, uh, I subscribe to that all the time because um, for me, you know, I very rarely watch the news. You know, sometimes it just flashes up on my social media or on the TV, but, um, you know, very rarely watch it because it's all doom and gloom. And like you say, it's designed to sensationalize and over-dramatize. And um, quite often, you know, all it creates is worry and fear. So why would you put yourself through that? And, you know, some people say, well, Lynn, you're probably just living in your own little dream world. Well, you know what? It's not a bad place to be. It's not a bad place at all. I mean, you're still functioning in a society well enough that you know what's going on, what are the rules, and rules don't change overnight. But you don't have to pick up every single drama because, as I said, it all sticks on you. It all gets into your brain, onto your body, and you've got no time, space to breathe in freedom, to expand your creativity, and to really appreciate life for what it is. So what, what tips would you give to the audience, uh, Anita, about, um, you know, if they are in this state where they're realising that they're not living their best life and um, that could be down to them not feeling enough or good enough, um, 
what, what, where do you start with uh, giving advice, guidance and tips around that? I would start with getting the book, uh, How to Be Good Enough, a book to how to jo how to live joyfully. Uh, it's a very simple manual kind of book of 100 pages. It will be out in uh, September. And it's written in a very simple, non-esoteric language. And after each chapter, you've got exercises and also uh, space and time for reflection. So you can add what's working for you. And it's a journey of personal development. Um, right now, I'm going to give you a few tips from the book, which I'm hopeful will be uh, somehow useful for you. And some of you will resonate with where you are. So first of all, allow, allow yourself space and time to, to sense in your body, to check in with yourself, not externally, how you feel about your life, where you are in your life. It's a very internal connection with the self, so it's very intuitive. So you don't have to think that your neighbor, the Joneses, have this car, these jobs, uh, this family. Just think about yourself. We're all so different. And allow yourself to be you in a very unapologetic way. Be yourself. This is, as far as we know, the only life we're given on this planet. And that life is very short. So think of what you have always dreamt of doing, either personal or professional life. Uh, do the list. Do the list of those things that, that, that you think are your priorities. And then, of course, don't go for 50, 700 items on your list. Go for those few that are close to your heart. Those ideas for personal life, professional life, for hobbies that you have always wanted to try learn, places you always wanted to visit. And then be realistic. Choose few, but stick to them. Okay? Stick to them. Then move on to your health zone and either do health assessments, um, go for blood tests. Um, if you feel that something is above your body, you don't feel comfortable, find a therapist, nutritionist who will help you on a natural level through food, supplements, lifestyle, maybe some breathing exercises and um, natural movement that's, that's good for if there is any condition that you're working on um, that would apply and better your situation. Um, then think of relationships you've got first with yourself and then with others. And if that reflects or what you would like to create in your life. And then slowly, one by one, because Rome wasn't built in a day, make steps to move closer towards the life you would love to live. Because first, bringing the factors around you will put you in a stronger position to see that you can. And you can a lot. You are the creator. And you are actually in control of a lot of aspects and factors of your life. And once everything around you will start feeling more comfortable in place in a way where you wish it would have always been, then you can work more on yourself. Then you can work more on feeling adequate, feeling enough, feeling assertive, and just feeling good with who you are yet to become. And slowly aiming for it, seeing that version of yourself that you have always dreamt to meet. Love it. Yeah, really great sound advice there. So um, I also wanted to touch on, Anita, about um, 
you know, there might be some audience members listening, thinking, well, I'm, I'm confident, you know, I, I know I'm enough, but then they're still not attracting great relationships, you know, when it comes to romantic relationships. And I think it's interesting when I speak to some clients that, um, you know, they, they don't see that the, they are at some level feeling they're not enough or there is some sort of lack of self-worth because they're confident in other areas. So true. And let me tell you, I've worked with so many people and my nature always draws me to people. So I'm fascinated by watching people, studying people, talking to them. Um, that's just my personal and professional vocation. And I believe all of us at some point felt not good enough in different aspects of life. And even people who come across as extremely confident and having their sheds together, sorry for the expression, but everyone knows what that means, we, we all feel sometimes inadequate. And even if you think, I'm a very attractive, I'm a good-looking person, I've got a well-paid job, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really wanted on the market, why am I not attracting um, great men or great women? And yes, we could dwell on the past and we could again blame our parents and then school system and then find reasons in our attachment styles. I believe that's a conversation altogether for, for another podcast. But I would still think of if I'm able to make everything around me more comfortable and then if I look into this very person and what relationship I'm building with myself, it's mostly through how I talk to myself in my head, okay? Because very often I coach myself and when I work as therapist, I know that the thoughts we share, they're mostly negative. And how we talk to ourselves, we would never dare to talk in the same way to our friends. So the way we say to ourselves in a very critical way um, that we, I don't know, we shame ourselves, we judge ourselves. So I believe this is the mirror of who we attract. Okay, so you may look from the outside, yeah, I'm, I'm okay person, you know, I look quite okay on the cover. But it's that internal work. So be so good and comfortable with yourself that you won't be caring, you won't give a damn <clears throat> how attractive you must be for others. Because feeling that goodness, that interest, that passion for life and that comfort and ease of being myself will attract right people. And also <clears throat> assuming, understanding, appreciating and keeping it as a fact, I am not perfect. And so it's the same for the other person. So the question would be, am I able and am I ready to put up with his or her imperfections? And very often in the answer is no, it's because they trigger in me what I don't accept about myself. So very frequently, somehow the universe is such a magic place that they always put on our path people with imperfections, if you will, that reflect mirror of what we're still battling, we're still fighting about ourselves. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the same thing. So in other words, if... Um you know, somebody's projecting onto you, say, anger, for example, and they're very volatile, it doesn't mean that you're that that person inside, you know, that's angry and volatile. It can just be that, you know, that that's bringing up for you that 
you've not got strong enough boundaries and that you're accepting that unacceptable behavior. Yes, so it's a trigger of something that hasn't been sorted for my path yet. So either previous partners, either something from the childhood or exactly, I need to exercise my assertiveness and set the boundaries that are comfortable for me and also the way I communicate and express. Excellent. Well, it's been a fascinating conversation, Anita. So um, would you be happy to share your contact information for our guests? that are listening to the podcast today and how they can best contact you? Well, I will say it now, but the easiest way would be <clears throat> in the written notes with our podcast. So my name is Aneta Grabietz, and you can find me under that name on LinkedIn or the wellness designer on either Instagram or Facebook. And I will also add a um, landing page of my upcoming book, which I believe would be a nice introduction to everyone's personal development journey. Excellent. Thank you so much for that. And um, any final words around, you know, this subject of not feeling good enough um, that you can leave our audience with in terms of something they might be able to implement straight away today on the back of our conversation? Nothing too sophisticated. I would just say be yourself because everyone else has already been taken. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, be yourself. Yeah, apply within. <laughs> apply within. <laughs> Always and forever. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much, Anita. I really enjoyed our conversation today and uh Thank you for sharing your wisdom and insights. Thank you. Pleasure on my side. Take care and good luck to everyone on their journeys. So it just leads me to say that true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.